0: All right, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Psalm 125. After this, there's only 25 more psalms to go. Can you believe it? Uh, unless we choose to do some of them in like two or three, but that's probably not going to happen. So um, this week, I, uh, in my studies, in my life, I have felt totally discombobulated without Mo. She left on Tuesday and uh, Mo being gone throws everything off, not just for me, but for my kids. It throws our diet out of whack because Mo is the cook and I know how to pour cereal and milk and that our kids don't normally eat that and, uh, and, she, and then I know how to scoop ice cream. When Mo's around, that doesn't happen. And it, it's been weird. Normally, uh, when she's gone somewhere, like it's actually gone really well, but this time, uh, not so much. And it's, it's not like it's gone bad. I mean, me and the boys are having a, having a good time and we're having fun. But mentally, like emotionally, I've just felt off this week. Like the entire week, like something's missing and it kind of is, right? And I've felt like my normal life has just been been shaken up. And I, honestly, I just don't feel as steady this week because Mo's gone. And, and even today, normally I wake up at, normally on Sunday mornings, I wake up at 6, like I have, I have uh, like this sheet with the text printed off, and I have like this whole thing filled with notes. You should, I'll, one day I'll bring my note thing and prove it to you, but like, I have the whole thing filled up with notes, and I wake up at 6, I get some coffee, and I sit down at the computer and I write my sermon. Well, today, uh, I woke up at 4, and I just knew I wasn't going back to sleep. Just totally off. Like that's just the way it was, and I wasn't like restless or anything. I was just awake, which I never wake up at four, and never really have. Just feeling like, okay, let's start the day. You know, it's just not the way I work, and so I feel this week in this this in this week's prayer in Psalm one twenty five are super fitting to my life. It's as if, uh, it says, if it I sometimes I feel like Mo is my safety net and when Jesus needs to be my safety net, right? Like, God has certainly used her in that way in my life, but this week, I've, I've needed something more unshakable and more steady than Mo, and that's that's Jesus in my life. I've just needed it. I've needed the God who cannot be moved or changed uh, by human hands or conditions um, to lean on for all that I've had to rely on this week, and as we get into Psalm 125, it is still, it's a psalm of ascent. It's a pilgrim song, psalm, so someone who doesn't feel the safety of home because they're traveling, right? Even the festival that they would have prayed this at, they would have been living in a tent during that time. And, and um, I guess that's what I'm feeling like. I'm feeling like I'm missing the safety of Mo, right? Like my—that if home is where the heart is, my... A large part of my heart is in Texas right now. And there's, there's a real need, though, for us as a people, and even as we pray, to feel safe, right? To have safety built into this prayer. It's a longing that we all have and we need to be fulfilled. And so what I'd like to do is a, let's pray this prayer together. And um, you guys, I'll pray the non-bold and you will pray the bold. And that's the wrong way. And so, uh, if you guys will stand with me, and you guys pray the bold, and I'll pray the non-bold. Psalm 125, a song of ascents. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hand to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So here we have this prayer for safety and for peace. I love the way that this prayer ends. Peace be upon Israel. Peace be upon God's people. And it's hard to feel peace if you don't feel safe. Amen? Like if you don't have safety, you just don't feel safe. If all our fears are gone, or at least we've built a protection against them, then what? It's easier to relax and enjoy what Life has for you in those moments. And we, we all long to feel uh, the blessings that God, we know God bestows on us, but we want to feel them tangibly. tangibly. And we we've all have these things that make us feel safe, right? When in reality, they don't. In actuality, they don't. So I drive a 1986 Volkswagen van. Every time I do, I put on my seatbelt. Uh, while I, I, Well, wherever I'm going, and it's the ultimate illusion of safety. It's not really safe. Like if I got in an accident, that seatbelt's not doing much for me. And it's kind of like this pro- prophetic metaphor from where our real protection comes from, right? That we all have these false safety nets. Even in this prayer, there are real things that make Jerusalem or make the people of God, make Israel feel safe. But they're talking about things like Mount Zion, where God dwells. It was the temple mount with a hill where they would have built the temple. And so they feel like God's in a safe place because he's in the highest place in the area. And they have like the city of Jerusalem. So they would have walls around it and it's built on a hill tapering up. And so they would have felt safe. Like that's harder for an enemy to go uphill, right? Than to go flat or to go even downhill. And so they would have felt safe in that way. And these things... Uh, uh, and not only that, uh, the, the city uh, would, I mean, there was more people there than in the country. I mean, you're in the country, you're isolated, you're not as safe because there's no safety in numbers. And there are things inherent to the nature of cities that are, are really good for defense against invading armies. And yet their defenses are, are, are a prophetic image of what's actually keeping them together. What's actually keeping it together? What was it that made the Israelites actually safe, right? In the city of Jerusalem, this wall, which by the way, can how many of you guys in mass, like you could just climb a wall, jump over it and start attacking people? Yeah, it's not, it's not really there. Jim could in one single bound. Mom, after hip surgery, mom's been able to do that a lot too. So <laughs> just post-hip surgery before, it wasn't, wasn't that good. But um, not only that, like, Uh, One of the cool things about Jerusalem is, like, their location was not easily accessible. It wasn't, like, the most, like, on the route, like, right on the thoroughfare, like, way. It was actually pretty remote. And so, um, and then their community, there's always safety in numbers. That's what we've said, right? But all these things just kind of give an illusion of safety, but not actually where their safety came from. And this psalm would have likely been written before... Because if you guys know church history or know the Bible's history, Jerusalem has been torn down several times, right? A.D. seventy, but by Rome, where the Romans came in and they tore that city down brick by brick. But even before that, and and, um, like this Psalm, before before this Psalm was written, it was totally protected. But then, even after this psalm, like the Assyrians, the Babylonians, they uh, they all took people into exile. The city was utterly destroyed. The temple was in disarray. The wall was no protection. It was actually torn down, thrown out, and uh, the lo- location was not unobtainable by these massive armies because they came in, and um, the people of God did not come out victorious. They got their they got it handed to them, and they 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 were traveled off into exile and I mean we get some cool stories like the book of Daniel was written in exile the book of uh, Esther was written in exile and, and there's some really cool things that God did knows, but we got that because the walls the temp I mean the temple was desecrated like they went in and they stole all the gold all of it was gone they stole all the gold and it was totally destroyed and so much of what they felt their safety was in was nothing but an illusion of safety. All along, it was God who was protecting them. God who said, held his hand back and said, not today, enemies, this is not going to happen. And the Israelites were God's chosen people. They had actually chosen to ignore God and turn their back completely on God. And God sent warning after warning after warning after warning saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Remember, turn back to me. Stop running towards these little g-gods. And they wa- they intentionally walked away from God, the creator of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they walked right to their little g-gods and worshipped their idols. Or I could say it this way, is that in reality, the Israelites thought that it was their location and community and walls that protected them, and they forgot all about the supernatural nature of God, the creator of heaven and earth, protecting them. This is a reminder to us too, right? Because this is easy to forget. If you have good health, it's easy to forget that it's God that's given you the good health. If you have financial stability, sometimes it's hard to remember that your stability doesn't come from the rock as in the bank that you're standing on, but it comes from Christ and who he says you are. And then if you're safe in relationships with others, sometimes it's for, easy to forget that, like, your ultimate relationship r- relies on God. And he's the one that's protecting. He's the one that's watching over. And it would, I would also say that it, it's easy to blame God if we don't have those things. Oh, God, I'm worshiping you. Like, why aren't you providing this stuff for me? But the truth is, is that all that stuff is an illusion is an absolute illusion. Like, it's helpful. God can use some of that to bring safety, but our real safety, our ultimate safety, comes from God. Even though we are tested and trialed, even though we are pushed beyond our limits sometimes, God is still there. He's still watching out for us. He still wants us to walk with Him and follow Him. And yes, He sees and knows what's ahead, and He still says, follow me. How far? Just, let's take another step. Let's go. Let's let's keep going on this way. And nothing nothing can take us out of the good grace of God unless we simply want to walk away from Him. Unless we simply want to walk away from Him. If we want to stop acknowledging Him in our life, and I think it's easy to go into this form of sin, where you just walk away from Jesus and go like, what did you ever do for me, God? And we forget, like even last week, is, is we're reminded that He does so much more than we can ever see or know. And it's easy to give in to this doubt, and it's easy to walk away during difficult times. And I would say it this way, it's easy to be overwhelmed by our sin and give in to the violence that lies bring. I'm not talking physical violence, I'm talking about violence to your life. It's easy because sometimes resisting is hard. Sometimes it's hard to see that God's there. In verse 5, I know for for my Calvinist friends that say, well, once saved, always saved, like, if you read scripture, people walk away from God all the time. They walk away from God all the time. There's a bunch of ifs in there, and I'm not saying that God's not sovereign. He's totally sovereign, but we're not robots, amen? We're not robots. In verse 5, it says, those who turn sides to their crooked way, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. And where God leads, I don't know. I'm not sure. Sometimes he leads them out into the wilderness just to bring them back. Just to bring them back. Says, you think it's bad with me? Try being without me for a minute. And then let's see, let's see what happens. And a lot of times, God will bring them back. This isn't cruel. This is just discipline. And by the way, discipline, according to Scripture, means that we're actual sons and daughters of God. That we're not, we're not illegitimate. But this shows... I believe this verse shows that we're not robots. And that God isn't up there forcing us or with his remote control, making sure that we do such and such action. If we want evil, then we will be handed over to evil. If we want sin, then we'll be handed over to our sin. But this but this is why we pray this prayer, because ultimately, if you guys are here this morning, we don't we don't want to give into our sin. We don't want to give in to evil. Even though we're prone to wander, we don't want to. Like we, we want like everything to go well all the time. And even if we, we, uh, even if we run, uh, God is still there saying, hey, come on, let me, let me rescue you. Let me rescue you. And all it is is turning and acknowledging, God, yes, I want you to rescue me. We want our soul from deep down to pray over and over and over God, we need you. We need you. Our safety comes from you and from you alone. But we we want protection and safety from evils in this world that want to pull us away from God and, and, and the ultimate reality of his safety. But it's in his safety that it, it, in his safety there's no longer an illusion. Verse 3 says, for the scepter of the wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. Or to say it another way, wickedness shall not violate, violate or take away God's intentions. Wickedness doesn't take us away from God's intentions because uh, that's not where we're going to stand as we stand in Christ. Or let me say it a New Testament way. Jesus shall not stay dead on the cross. He doesn't remain dead forever. Yes, he was put to death, and he was buried, but then what? He rose from the dead. The scepter of evil did not remain on him. The devil did not win. Jesus defeated sin and death for us. And this, in Jesus, is where we place our trust. Think of it this way, our righteousness, the land allotted to us, the land of the righteous that's allotted to us, is not of our own making. We didn't make the land. We didn't landscape the land. We just get to go and live there by the sheer grace that was made by Jesus Christ. And we all stumble in sin. Amen? We can get an amen to that. We all stumble in sin. We all have both actions and inactions that pull us away from Jesus. Sometimes, By the way, sometimes our inaction, like when God's saying move, and we're like, nah, I'm good right here he's like, well, I thought you were following me. No, I'm good. Like, I just want to rest a minute. So sometimes it's our inactions in life as well that want to pull us away from Jesus. But it's not about our actions or even our inactions. It's about Jesus' actions in our life. And, by the way, the inaction sometimes is just rest. Jesus wants us to be at rest. It's his work and in his work that let us find safety and peace. And if God has us, then there's no safer and no more relaxing place than in the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. Now, I realize that these words are super churchy, right? Just trust in God, okay? Let's take communion and get out of here. Like, uh, that's not it, really. But how are we actually safe? How is this actually help us? How is Jesus actually safer than a lock on our door or a seatbelt in our car? Or uh, how is Jesus safer than money? First of of all, I would say that, um, again, all those things are an illusion of real safety. They're not really safe. Like, you can put your money in, in, in the bank and save it up, which is excellent. You should do it. But if the economy tanks, that money's not worth what it once was. It's not worth what it was once was. And same thing with uh, if someone really wanted to get into your house and you have a locked door, they're going to get in. It's the way it works. It's the way it works. And your seatbelt is helpful unless you drive an 86 Volkswagen van again, (laughs) then it's it's just fake. It's just so the cops won't pull you over. But second I would say that there is real safety in our position, the position that we have in Jesus Christ. There's real safety here. And and I say like this affects our brain, but when when it creeps down into our heart and our soul, and we actually know this, that our righteousness, like our goodness, is not dependent on us. Our Our goodness is secure in Christ. All that we need for right living with God is not found in how great you are which is I find it to be tremendously freeing because there are moments when I'm awesome and then there are, are the rest of the time <laughs> that is just that's the way it is it's found in Jesus that's where our inherent goodness is found and it takes away the need for us to always have to be right or live correctly we can admit when we do, when we make mistakes we do try right we do strive for holiness we try and walk for Je- Jesus Jesus the Jesus life, the Jesus way. But we also know that we don't obtain it perfectly. And that's the requirement that God gives for us. We know, though, that Jesus had. Basically, Jesus is like the perfect safety net for our soul because he's also our friend, right? Like he's also our friend. And we can rest assured, I, I think this is part of that, we can rest assured that because of what Jesus did and he's done for us, that we are sons and daughters of God. This is a big deal to me because I know like, I know that God's my father. And I know that because of what Jesus has done. We are heirs with Christ, co-heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance share of all the goodness that God has planned for eternity. I have a couple friends who have like massive inheritances coming from them and or to them from family members and you know what they you know how they live they just spend 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 they don't even care because they don't have it yet but they just know it's coming and so they spend and they have a good time and they do that thing now we could talk about wisdom but at the same time like that's how we get to live in grace We know that this massive inheritance is coming for us. And God's saying, like, live in the midst of my grace and my freedom that I provide. We don't always have to be right, right? Jesus is, uh, the inheritance that we have is the goodness of God that he's planned for us for all eternity. And, um, I mean, the New Testament says it this way, that Jesus is a treasure worth selling everything for, right? That he's the pearl of great price, that the man found the pearl in a field, went and sold everything he had just to buy that field. That's what we get to do. We get to give it all up so we can walk with Jesus. We, we found him and we want to rest in him. By the way, he says he takes our burdens, which means the burden's not on us. And anytime we're feeling super burdened, we're probably taking on more than what Jesus has for us. All We get all that God has to offer and we get to have our lives spent for Him because we know that we will be with Him forever. His, his treasure is ours. And I, I, this is not like some sort of like prosperity gospel where you're just like, so go out and buy a Ferrari today or anything like that. But what I'm saying is we get to live free with grace and with mercy that is bestowed on us. We get to bestow on others. And as sons and daughters, God speaks this blessing over our lives. This blessing is this. You are loved you are clean, you are free, you are holy. These truths that are spoken over us are spoken over against the unsafety that just is inherent with lies. I don't think I could feel safe if I, know, if I didn't know I was loved, right? There's great safety in the reality of being fully seen, right? Like, yes, all your flaws, and at the same time, fully accepted. There's great safety in that. Third, I would say that there is, there is real safety in His place. Right? We have safety in place. We have safety in being with His people. There is a bit of safety in numbers here that God gives us. But like we talked about last week, but let me, in, uh, y'all encourage me, and I hopefully encourage you to keep living a life of faith. That's the hopes. Being with God and his people is a good thing, and um, it's, it's the safety in knowing that you have a sincere friend. It's just there for your good, and they don't need to always know you're good. They're just going to walk with you. And I, I would say there's also safety in church as a weekly reminder. I, there are patterns and rhythms that help keep us on track with God as we're prone to wander. Uh, Sunday rolls around and we're reminded that God is good or at least that He loves us, even though we might have doubts that He's good. That we have, We can see that we're found in Him and this helps us hold on to faith in hard times. When the world is shaky, right, and the ground feels trembly, you know who isn't? God's not. He's our firm foundation and this foundation was given to us by our cornerstone, Jesus, the thing on everything on our life Was built on. Jesus is our position and our place. And uh, the New Testament says this, our life is hidden with him, right? People don't see us, they see Christ. Why? Because our life is hidden in Christ. He is our life, and this is far safer than any mountain or walls. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say we would all love peace, right? That we would love peace upon Israel which means peace of the, the people of God doesn't mean that the world around us is devoid of war or turmoil it means that even though there are these these troubles around us there is safety just being one of God's children and there are different views and we, we each have different views on what safety means and what it looks like but I find no greater safety in, than in knowing that I'm known and that I'm not judged. And if I am judged, it's judged. Love overrules that. I, I'll be honest. I can't re- relax around somebody who doesn't trust or that I don't trust loves me. I just can't, I just can't relax. I'm, I, I feel like I'm a pretty vulnerable person. Like I'm vulnerable before y'all. I'm vulnerable before God. Um, I've always been told, oh, you overshare. Or like I was just told the other day. Remember how you always say what's just on your mind? Yeah, because I feel free. I feel loved here, and I, I'm willing to have it corrected if it's done in love and all that good stuff. But for some reason, if I find out that I can't trust you or your intentions toward me, it becomes very difficult for me to feel safe. If I'm just being honest, like very difficult. And I'm pretty sure this is why I miss Mo so much this week. Um, I... Uh, as much as... Um, Some of you may feel like she's stuck with me. That's not the case. She actually sees me, knows me, and loves me. And there is great safety. Um, Far far more safety in that than there is in any locked door or financial security. And how much more so this is with Christ. Even if God was to take Mo, I know that my safety is in Christ. Lord, please don't let that happen. The, the, The kids... Uh, don't need that, <laughs> and I don't need it either. I'm trying to peel that uh, selfishly, but no, I don't want it. But I can trust him to be there through every hard time, every scary time. He's, he's just there. Every time I feel insecure, he reminds me where my security lies like a good, like a good father does. And this is where our safety comes from. It comes from um, the peace that we have in Christ. And this has been my prayer this week for us. Is that really, like this idea, peace be upon Israel, it's relax. It's relax. The word is relax, is enjoy. Like there's a sense of enjoyment. My prayer has been, let us relax in the goodness and grace that Jesus has for us. In the wonderful acceptance of Jesus over against all the people and all the lies. And, um, and then in, in this, we can find our peace in the overwhelming love of Jesus every day of our lives. And so, Jesus, we just come before you and we ask for that. We ask that you will overwhelm us with your love and with your peace and with your presence. So, Father, I pray that you will continue to speak to us and allow us to lean into you in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.